Welcome to Puppet Hunt Radio with Matt and Lane. So this uh, week, this month, is it? Did we miss? We missed a few. This month is uh, uh, the new episode we have is um, Double Talk Part Two. Yes, and Matt, you've probably noticed that I have a glowing salt crystal, a Himalayan salt crystal here lamp, with us. Yeah. Yes, it's nice. Um, it's giving me energy okay, and calmness, which I am stating the intention that I'm going to achieve as Great. we talk about this because we're going out of sequence again. What the listeners need to understand is that uh, I'm very emotional right now. I because can see that. I thought you were going to choke. We left off at Left-Handed Quiz Part 2. And in your attic, I saw part three and part four on vinyl. Yeah. It was clearly labeled. Yeah. And then I come over to... Sharpie. ...today, and you are telling me that you've, yeah, you don't we, know where they are. Yeah, we had a party. So we had to put everything that was in the kitchen, we had to put in the garage. Okay. So we had to move the Christmas decorations to the back, mm-hmm. which put a lot of stuff out of order. Then we had an organizer come through. And organize a lot of the stuff. So you now hired big, someone. They owed yeah. us money, so it's okay. in trade. But that's not important. So now we have a bunch of fans up there too. So we got to get rid of those, get those out of there, because she decided it'd be a good idea to put the fans. The in antique front. fans that your wife collects. Yeah, well, she collects fans. Yeah. Okay. So once we get those out of the way, we'll get a better look at it. But that could be a couple of weeks because I got I got a lot of stuff going on. So that's those have been. Yeah, they're there. I'm sure they're there. I guess relost yeah, is the way to describe there. it. The reason I brought my Himalayan salt lamp over for the recording it session. Is nice. Okay. Are you feeling it? No. Okay. They balance. Maybe we turn the, it up. There's an overflow of electromagnetic radiation in our lives. You'll agree with that, right? Uh, what is it? Can you repeat the question? Okay, so there's electromagnetic radiation coming from all of our devices, from this microphone, from your laptop. Stars. From the, I guess Distant so. Distant galaxies. Yeah, that's all. It's a visible light is mm-hmm. a form of that spectrum. But the stuff that we create is unnatural. Wi-Fi. And so it's It's not harmonious for our souls. And so the Himalayan salt lamp rebalances some of that for us. Hmm, well, and it also has a positive effect on your cilia. You get that on Amazon? Well, I want to talk about its beneficial effects rather than plug oh, for sorry. Amazon. Is, is that okay? okay? Yeah, it's fine. I All right, I'm sorry. I'm not name. getting enough negative nice. ions yet. I'm still a little crouchy, yeah. a little cranky. No, crouchy is right. And so the the lamp itself releases all the negative ions, and they gobble up the positive ions. Positive ions are bad, mm. and negative ions are good, which is confusing because oh, negative is usually bad. Oh, it too. It looked like it was plastic. I have one in almost every room now. Oh, it's yeah. expensive. It is. Free well, shipping? it was worth, again, let's not talk too much about the commerce aspect of it because then that's, you know, okay. that's negative yeah. energy. All right. It's not helping write. with the ions. Yeah. But the big thing that I found is that they constantly are initiating hygroscopy, mm. which is something you're probably not getting enough of. Well, I, I take a multivitamin. Okay. What the salt lamp is doing right now, it's attracting and absorbing all the contaminated water molecules that are okay. in your body. Like you're breathing them out, right? And yeah. then instead of breathing them back in... Let me check. I'm gonna... No, go ahead. Keep talking. I just want to put that in on my shopping cart. Oh, you're going to get one? Well, the, uh, the hydroscopy. I can get a supplement, I think. 
I'm feeling a lot better now. Are you ready to go into yeah. our mail? Sure. Oh, that's right. Uh, so this is from Gerhard Stomar, Rothberg op der Tober of Bavaria. Mm. Uh, all right. So here, Gerhard writes, I love your show. Do you sell ventriloquist dummies? I am looking to buy a wooden one with working mouth. Huh. We don't. That's an easy answer. Well, thanks for listening, Gerhard. Yeah. Uh, this Good is luck. from Gabe Fentiment Jr. from Brushley, Bruce Lee, Louisiana. Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. Brusley? Brusley. You Brule? never heard of it either? Brule, I've heard of. Oh, it's Brule? I think, but that looks like Brusley. Okay, maybe he made a typo. Maybe. Or there's two cities very similar in Louisiana. Could be. This is a great show to listen to. Mm. Please start a podcast as I no longer am allowed to drive and would love to hear more old-time radio. Hmm. Fascinating. The crimes are hard to solve, and I would love to hear more clues. Hmm. Are any of these ghost stories? Why does each story feature a ventriloquist? Wow, there's a lot of questions. Yeah. What is the point of Nick Solio Salmon character? Included is a check payable to cash for $5. Yep, That's nice. Right you, here. Okay, all right. Please apply this amount towards my account balance. Mm-hmm. Do you think we have mostly male listeners? Uh, does that be. matter? It could be. Does that matter? You mean male, like a letter in the mail? Human males. Oh, a male. Yeah. Um, it could be. It's mostly, it's a very macho show, I think. There aren't many female characters. That's for sure. No. Um, this is from Ng Tran, I guess mm. from Ha Gang, Vietnam. Yeah. It's hard to say. Yeah, Even I can if you see. don't grow up with their language, I'm glad you're there's a lot that, of not me. y'all say, Hi, love all colors and pictures. I love all types of teats. No, pets, it says. Mm. Would love you send a selfie? Question mark. I think this is. I don't think this was really directed to us. Sorry, Nung Tran. We don't have. Uh, we don't do selfies. Um, legal reasons. I would be okay doing a selfie. I just don't think he really wants ours. Okay. Well, sorry. Wrong number. All right. One more from your collection here. Nora Powell, Muncie, Indiana, writes, Hello. What a wonderful show. Puppet Hunt is one of the best. I remember all the old episodes. Holy. From back when I was a young girl. Oh, my Well, this answers your girl question. Yeah. My favorite episode featured a dummy and his master strong-arming a butcher shop owner. Hmm. If I remember right, the dummy's name was Clappy. Huh. Rock and Nick. Nick? Nick. He wrote Nick. Nick. Go undercover to the into the meat industry and solve the crime. The dummy falls into a meat grinder. It was very disturbing. Yeah, I bet. I would agree Sounds with that. Can you run this episode? Thank you in advance. Nora, we would love to get our hands on this Let's episode. I, I have one last thing for before we get the show started mm-hmm. here. Um, I have a text from a woman Ooh. that I met, and she does a podcast herself. That's oh. how we got talking about a couple of things, and then she mentioned her podcast, which is, I think, called Totally Morrissey. Ah. Yeah, well, and okay. so... I have so many questions. Keep going. I don't yeah. want to say her name because, you know, that could be... Well, it's Gloria. You just said it. Yeah. So Gloria writes, Hi, Lane. Thanks for the edible arrangement. I guess I don't really need to read that part, but... Super busy with my podcast, so I don't really have time to listen to new podcasts. Hmm. Have fun with yours. Surprised you had time to read that. We're busy with this podcast. 
Oh, yeah. Well, I don't want to play tit for tat. Yeah, I was being a bit sarcastic. Yeah. It, it is a natural reaction because you think like, okay, so you're working on your podcast. We Nothing personal, Gloria, podcast, if you're too. listening. Well, you're probably not listening. That's the whole yeah. irony of this thing is that I'm worried about your feelings right now. Yeah. And I don't need to be. But we're spending like three minutes talking about her. The reason I bring it up is... It seems like there is a resistance. I've been handing out the business cards, mm-hmm. and there's sort of like a visible panic that hits people. Like they just, they're afraid that I'm going to somehow follow up later if I ever meet them again and uh-huh. ask, or what do you think of the show? And It's a hard sell. I just feel like if you understand what this show is about. Mm-hmm. Crime, noir, puppetry, ventriloquism, 40s. Uh, monkeys. What else? I've never heard you more lucid, and I do think the Himalayan oh, salt you. crystal has something yeah. to do with it. Okay, great. Right. Okay, so uh, reset me here. We're this is you found Ep- double talk part two, which we two, which again, I had on top of the microwave. You had the microwave, the burrito. The we know this story. The, okay, I mean, the, the phonograph record. So there's a and there's you know a what, systematic what problem here. You put things in the kitchen, and then the kitchen gets yeah. like purged. We had a party. Whatever the but reason is, there's a purge cycle in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and I think you need to like now from now on. I don't want to tell you what to do, no, but don't put it in the, in the kitchen. Don't I gotta put do it, it in the kitchen anymore. Just put it in another room. You have that side room I with was all that heating up a burrito. Those weird I set boxes. it on the top, and then when I went back, I thought, oh, this is not it because yeah. this is episode one. They're two sided, so I flipped right. it over. Right. That was episode two. It took me a while to figure that out. Okay. It was still on top of the microwave. But I thought it was the first episode and not the second one. The, so the episode is, the uh, last episode, uh, I think uh, Nick's got hit with a piece of wood and lost his voice. Yes. And they, he saw murder. So now he can't uh, talk, but that's the problem they have to... Um, this is the court case one. Yeah, there was a court case. Uh, so here it is in all its glory. Sorry for the delay. Uh, double talk part two. I hardly slept a wink last night. I've got a lot on my mind. The murder of Councilman Mulray, a two-by-four to my throat that caused me to lose my voice. And then yesterday, to top it all off, I decide to show off and end up breaking my writing hand. All this on the morning I'm supposed to testify against Franklin Haddock, the richest man in town. And for the life of me, I don't know how I'm going to pull it off. The insides are dancing the jitterbug. Our plan to force Haddock to show his hand fell short, to say the least. His ventriloquist lawyer, Lance Sternwood, saw right through Rock's voice-throwing trick. I guess it takes one to know one. We arrive at the courthouse early to avoid the press and meet District Attorney Green outside the courtroom. The look on her face tells me all I need to know about our chances of success. Slim to none. Even Rock's usual single-minded, confident bluster was subdued. And this time it wasn't just the proximity of the lovely district attorney. I'll try to keep it to yes or no questions, Mr. Salmon, but I have to be honest with you. Lance Sternwood and Cecil are going to be brutal during the cross-examination. Oh, maybe semaphore code. I think I still have a couple of flags back at home. I could Mrs. go... Mrs. Hammond, Miss Green, we're ready for you. Uh, th- thanks, Otto. We'll be right in. I'm afraid you'll have to wait out here, Mr. Handy. No spectators allowed. Judge's orders. Wish us luck. Yeah, sure. Good luck. 
Men of few words are the best men. William Shakespeare. Oh, that's a good one, Cecil, but I'm more partial to silence is golden. Why, Mr. Handy, fancy meeting you sitting here forlorn all by yourself. You're forlorn. Oh, come now, Rocky. Don't be a sore loser. You know, I was thinking now that your associate, Mr. Salmon, has been discredited, you might consider a return to show business. Why, you could learn a few card tricks like our young Miss Green. Card tricks? Why, you louse? Yeah, she may need some of that magic for the trial. And to think I used to have respect for you, Sternwood. Now, respect doesn't pay the rent, Seamus. Please excuse us, we have a case to win. This shouldn't take long. Eh, uh, leave Rock Handy alone. I object. That's badgering the witless. Hey, Lance. What is it, Cecil? How is your courtroom like a herring? Why, I don't know, Cecil. How is a courtroom like... Ah, uh, applesauce. Tina Plotkin! What are you doing here? Where's the DA? She's already inside with Nix. What's with the dusty old book? You, you're still doing law research? It's too late. We've already lost this one. Not so fast. This dusty old book dates back to the city charter, and there's something in here that will blow this case wide open. On your feet, Rocky. We got work to do. Uh, Tina, you know reading puts me to sleep. Well, get another cup of coffee, Adobe. You're gonna want to hear this. It's puppet-related. This is Ray Grimes for Dr. Reem's Tooth Powder. Let me posit a question. What is more important in today's modern America than dental health? I can say with confidence that the health and cleanliness of your teeth is the very foundation of our success as a nation. To have teeth that are sparkling and white a smile that charms and attracts, is wonderful. Do what tens of thousands of people are doing. Discard your present way of tooth cleaning and try cleaning your teeth in your own home the way your dentist does when you go to him. On a side note, of course, we all know that this is the sexagenial observance of one of our nation's most storied dentists. The life of John Henry Doc Holliday is well known to our listeners, I'm sure. Gambler, gunfighter, dentist, and many other things which he's very famous for, uh, where he soon died of tuberculosis. A good reminder to keep your teeth clean. And clean them with powder. Dr. Reem's Tooth Powder. No matter what you've heard about this, or that paste or cream, the fact remains that your dentist knows more about cleaning and beautifying teeth than anyone else. 
probably tell you if you ask him that nothing cleans as effectively and thoroughly as powder. If you think that your teeth are just naturally dull and unattractive, well, I urge you to try powder by all means. Then look in your mirror. You'll most likely be pleasantly surprised. So pick up a can of Dr. Ream's tooth powder at your local drugstore for just a few pennies. I can almost guarantee you'll never try another semi-solid or liquid dental cleanser again. Powder. Paddock is sitting alongside Lance and Cecil, grinning like the cat who ate the canary. I'm tempted to try my voice again, but remember the otolaryngologist's warning. I could lose my voice permanently. I feel Miss Green grip my arm and am a little reassured. No stand. Oh, yay, oh, yay, oh, yay. Court come to order. The people of Large Neck versus Mr. Franklin Haddock. The Honorable Judge Orpheus P. Linseed presiding. You may be seated. Uh, thank you, Otto. Mr. Haddock, I see you're being represented by Lance and Cecil. Good evening, gentlemen. And Miss... District Attorney C.D. Green, Your Honor. Miss Green... I've heard good things about you. Welcome to Large Neck. I understand your client, Mr. Uh, Mr. Salmon, has some vocal difficulties. Yes, Your Honor. He has been advised by his doctor not to talk, as it could permanently damage his voice. We would like to petition the court for a delay. I suggest that we postpone the trial for a few weeks. I'm sure he would be a more able witness. Well, I appreciate the, the handicap your client is experiencing, but we can't delay the trial. No, the mayor, the law is adamant, quite adamant, that we proceed quickly. So if you are ready to begin, Miss Green, you may address the jury. Of course. <clears throat> uh, ladies and gentlemen... Three days ago, my client, Mr. Salmon, was viciously assaulted by armed thugs. That night, just seconds earlier, these ruffians killed the Honorable Councilman Russell Mulray in cold blood. My client stumbled upon the brutal spectacle and was pursued and almost certainly would have been murdered himself if it weren't for the intervention of a local policeman. Objection. This is mere conjecture, Your Honor. Sustained. Let's stick to the facts, Miss Green. Please continue. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, today I intend to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that the defendant, Mr. Franklin Haddock, is responsible for not only Mr. Salmon's assault and attempted murder, but also the murder of Councilman Mulray. I'm impressed. Contrary to her disheveled appearance, she is clearly a competent and disciplined district attorney. I find my spirits buoyed and start to think we might still have a chance. Order. Let's have quiet, please. Mr. Sternwood, let's hear what you have to say. You may address the jury. 
Ladies and gentlemen. And dummies. Order! Please, continue. Ladies and gentlemen, dummies, of the jury, my client, uh, Mr. Haddock, is a well-respected businessman and a permanent part-time resident of the Greater Large Neck area. Mr. Haddock is guilty of nothing more than being a famous face. Boy, I can relate to that problem. <laughs> Why, Mr. Haddock is a victim as much as the late Councilman Mulray. A victim of his own philanthropy and civil service. Uh, the very same selflessness that put his image on the front page of every local paper. My good people, fellow large neckers, whomever committed this heinous crime is not present in the courtroom today, I can assure you. Uh, the way I see it, we are doing a disservice to justice. We are delaying the investigation into finding the real culprit by spending our time here, dilly-dallying. Now, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, why I sympathize with the addled and shaken Mr. Salmon, I, I'm afraid that in his condition, he has inadvertently misidentified my client as the culprit. I humbly assert that I will prove to you today, beyond any shadow of a doubt, that Mr. Nicolio Salmon has made an honest, albeit dangerously harmful, mistake, and that the real culprits are left free to roam the streets of our fair city. I start sweating bullets. During my stint as an insurance investigator, I had to testify many times in criminal trials, but never in front of a jury, and certainly never where I had to face down a murderer. The DA calls up her first witness, the cop who saved my skin that night, Officer Winston Bunt. State your name. Winston Bunt. Do you solemnly swear that you will tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Yes, sir, I do. Good morning, Officer Bunt. You are what is called a beat cop, is that correct? Yeah, the chief says I'm up for a promotion, though. Do you recognize my client? Yeah, Mr. Uh, Flounder, the, the little guy with the smashed neck. Let the record show that the witness is referring to Mr. Salmon. Officer Winston, you are on the police report as the officer who exchanged gunfire that fateful night, resulting in the death of Mario Heisman former LNPD officer and suspected killer of the Honorable Councilman Russell Mulray. When you rescued Mr. Salmon, there were two other men who fled the scene, according to your report. Uh, that sounds right. Take a look at the defendant, Mr. Haddock. Was he one of those two men? <clears throat> it was very dark that night, and I can say with all confidence that the defendant, Mr. Franklin Haddock, was not present at the scene of the crime that night, it was very dark. Uh, uh, wait. You just said it was very dark that night. If it was dark, how would you know that he wasn't there? There is also the fact that my client was found directly under a street lamp. Yes, ma'am, that is correct. I was unable to determine the identity of either of these two men that night. It was very dark. So you admit that you don't know if Franklin Haddock was there or not? Yes, ma'am, that is correct. He was not there. 
It was very dark. You're saying the man sitting right over there, right over there, was not there that night because you couldn't see him even if he was there. Objection. She's badgering the witness, Your Honor. Officer Bunt has clearly stated that my client was not there during the night in question. Sustained. He has answered your question, Miss Green. I... I have no further questions for the witness, Your Honor. Now, uh, Officer Bunt, you don't wear glasses, do you? Wait, no, sir, I never have. So you would say your eyesight is uh, pretty fair? 2020, sir. I was in the Air Corps during the war, but never got to fly the Big Birds. Oh, on account of my trick knee. Uh, fine, fine. Uh, 2020, you say. Uh, that's about as good as it gets, I believe. <laughs> no, sir, I did not see that night, him that night. Uh, well, I, I haven't asked you that yet, but uh, uh, did you see my client, Mr. Haddock, at the scene of the crime that night? Sorry, no, sir, I did not see him that night. Eager, ain't he? It's like he can read my mind. Well, that would be some light reading. <laughs> order! Order! No further questions, Your Honor. Well, we're really in a fix now. That cop is in Haddock's pocket, or the mayor's. Somebody had paid him off. I was to take the stand next in what was about to be the shortest murder trial in large neck history. All of a sudden, I noticed the bailiff at the back of the courtroom talking to someone at the door. The bailiff makes his way to the judge and hands him a note and a very large, dusty old book. Order! Quiet down. Quiet down or I'll clear this court. Councils, approach the bench, please. Yes, all three of you. Highly unorthodox. As I try to get the lowdown on what's happening from the DA, in walks, of all people, my partner, Rock Handy. He barely glances at me and makes a beeline to the judge's desk. They speak briefly, and he takes a seat beside me, hands me a note. Before I can get an explanation, the bailiff is leading me to the witness box. As I take the stand, I get a few seconds to read the note Rock gave me, as the bailiff and the judge discuss something in private. Dear Butternut, Below, you'll find a diagram on how to operate a ventriloquist dummy. Now, don't panic. Just work the dummy's mouth and I'll do all the talking. Like when I was in the wardrobe and you were romancing Miss Tina Plotkin. P.S. I've decided to ask Miss Green out on a date. Uh, should we go for Italian or seafood? Okay, now you need to hold up one finger for Italian and two fingers for seafood. Oh, and good luck. I smiled over at Rock nervously and braced myself for whatever was to come next and held up two fingers. All right. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury. Now this all seems pretty clear to me, but 
Just in case there's any confusion, I'll put this into layman's terms. Mr. Rock Handy here will assist the witness with his testimony through a court-appointed dummy by throwing his voice. Now, thank you, Otto. He's a little rusty, but believe me, he's one of the finest to ever grace this bench. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, meet Ipso. From under his desk, the judge pulls a well-worn dummy with bright orange hair dressed in a purple velvet jacket and matching bow tie. Under an oversized flower on his lapel is a name tag which reads, Ipso facto, court-appointed dummy. Surprisingly light as I positioned him on my lap, I can't get the eyes or head to move. As he glares at me with an open-mouthed grin, I try to focus on the judge's instructions. Now put your hands on the Bible. Yes, both of you. One hand each. All right, there you are. Bailiff? Do you solemnly swear that you will tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? And how? It's working. I just press the little lever and the mouth opens and closes. I even get the hang of the eyes and the head. Rock isn't moving his lips at all, but he gives me a little wink as Miss Green approaches the stand. Mr. Salmon and... Mr. Facto, I... Uh, let's, uh... Let's have you recount the events of the night in question. Uh, starting with your discovery. Oh, let me begin by saying hello to the wonderful jury out there. Uh, any out-of-towners? No? Oh, Alright, well, what a lovely crowd. Uh, I hope everyone's enjoying the show. Uh, except for you, Mr. Haddock. You should drop dead. <laughs> Your Honor... I object. Come on now, Ipso. Keep to the facts. Well, a butternut here. Oh, he didn't like that name. Uh, strike that from the record. Uh, Mr. Salmon uh, was having a night out on the town when he stumbled into this uh, gruesome murder. Uh, may I use the word gruesome, Your Honor? Yes, of course. Please continue. Well, as I said, it was gruesome. Uh, what with all the shooting and blading, and uh, speaking of gruesome, that fella sitting right over there was the ringleader, Mr. Franklin Haddock. You, you take a look at that face. Shish! <laughs> well, if nothing else, it was at least entertaining. Order! Order! I could see the lure of speaking through a dummy. My nervousness begins to fade as I feel the attention shift from me to the dummy. Rock is a master ventriloquist, but does he have what it takes to best a master lawyer ventriloquist? We're about to find out as Miss Green takes her seat and Lance and Cecil begin their cross-examination. Well, well, Mr. Salmon, you've had quite a busy week. A shot at, chased, assaulted with lumber, and now you're taking up ventriloquism. You're quite the rising star here in Large Neck. But the lure of fame can be very addicting. Hope it's not going to your head. Why, you're shaking. Are you cold? I hope you're not nervous, Mr. Salmon. You have nothing to worry about as long as you're telling the truth. 
You are certain you saw my client at the scene of the crime? It was very dark and you were in fear for your life. Actually, Your Majesty, it's it's not Mr. Salmon that's feeling bad. It's it's me. I keep looking over at that Mr. Haddock and catching a glimpse of his grisly mug. Oh, what a face. It's like staring at a plate of weak old hamburger. Can I request a bag over his head or, or, or over mine? Why, you? Is that an insult? Order! Order! Order? No, thanks. I can't order nothing. Not even if you're buying. I couldn't eat nothing with Saki sitting so close. Saki! Saki! That's the pencil neck! Nobody calls me Saki! I feel an impact knocking me from my chair. Rocking the bailiff tackle haddock, and he's dragged from the courtroom in handcuffs. I check my shirt for blood, but find only wood chips. Ipso facto lies a few feet away in a pile of his own splinters. If it weren't for that dummy. Oh, right in the bread basket. Oh, we really showed him. We showed him up out. We really. Rock helps me to my feet and we confer with the DA. Haddock was finished. He's gonna spend the rest of his days behind bars. I will be sure to let the jailer know his favorite nickname. My brief experience as a ventriloquist was enough for me. From here on out, I'll stick to being a PPI. It's far less confusing and a whole lot safer. Friday night, we get together with friends to celebrate at the bivalve. Rock and Miss Green were getting along like old friends. Seems that seafood restaurant was a good choice after all. Rock must have gotten past his deep distrust of magicians. Or maybe he just forgot. <laughs> and that was with his good hand. <laughs> well, so the doctor removes the bandages. And... Okay, okay. We're on the edge of our seats here. Good <coughs> Good as new. A toast for standing up to Haddock and his goons and never blinking once to the hero of the hour. Well, I wouldn't say. To ipso facto, you will be sorely missed. Ipso facto. Well, well, Miss Tina Plotkin, I'm glad you could make it. Good to hear your voice again, Nikki. Uh, say, about the other night in the office, I, I need to come clean. You see, Rock was hiding in the wardrobe and throwing his voice when I... When, oh, shucks. I knew that all along, you big dope. You knew? I recognize Rocky's voice when I hear it. He ain't so good with impersonations. Besides, I could see his hand holding the wardrobe shut. I will say, though, it was pretty thrilling. You two make one pretty capable man when you put your heads together. All right, now, I've got something to show everyone. I've been working on a new magic trick. I'll need a volunteer from the audience. I'm ready for anything. Okay, Mr. Salmon, you'll do. What do we have here? 
Just an everyday silver dollar, as you can see, and nothing up my sleeve. I'll hold it in my fist, and now put your lips together and blow and presto. <gasps> it's vanished. But wait a second. What's that in your ear, Nicolio? Wow. Wonderful. What do you make of that, Rock? Rock? Where'd he go? Well, there you have it. Double Talk, Episode 2. That was the end? That was the end. Huh. Well, he left. He left, and I think he got scared of the magic. I think that was what happened. He doesn't like magic, as we all know. Right. That makes sense. That tracks with his character. Yeah, that tracks. Narration was dominant here from Nick's because Narration. he was unable to speak as a character. I didn't notice extra narration you were talking about. It seemed like there was, well, I mean, depends on which like era this is from. We were kind of groping in the dark, as it were, because mm-hmm. we don't know really like which episode came before right, the other one into the 50s didn't it i think the so show. it seems it seems as though there's some evidence that it went into the early 50s uh-huh. late late 40s early 50s yeah and well you know what the signal was for me that? was that organ music the organ going during the commercial yeah the tooth powder thing speaking mm-hmm. of which what did you think i, I would buy it i want to try it sure my grandmother used to use tooth powder. Really? Mm-hmm. I think I've seen... Okay. But she brushed them with the powder. Outside of her mouth or in her mouth? I would assume outside, but I, I never was it's around easier to, to do it if it's outside of your mouth. But many times her dentures would be sitting on the, on the sink. Yeah. Uh, and just sitting right on the sink, which is very unnerving. You don't see that anymore, like people like putting it in a glass of water next to their bedside table yeah that's people used to do that right yeah i'm not sure why why don't we do that anymore implants maybe implants dental implants i think it's in case they were scared in the middle of the night and they had to put on their teeth really quickly and rush out the door they'd keep them handy it's a missed opportunity it's a good all right back to the show yeah so tooth powder was uh, listening to it made me feel kind of insecure about my own teeth Mm. did you experience any sort of oh my teeth are fine i can see why you'd be upset though uh, there was a note in this episode. Did you notice that? Yes. A note. There's always a note. Well, I think that's a, I mean, not to get too analytical about it, but it's, for me, that's like how you tell part of the story, right? Oh, there's is so, a detective thing. There's uh-huh. going to be a note that has some, maybe some ambiguity no, or no clue pushes the story forward mm-hmm. because there's a bit of information that the detectives need. So right. you have it show up in note form. Yeah. Here's a question I have, and maybe you can help me out with this. What do you think the punchline is for how is a courtroom like a herring? Because we never got that. That really frustrated me. Uh, how is a courtroom like a herring? Um, it smells after three days? or something? I don't know. I thought it had something to do with the scales of justice. Oh, that would maybe. be a good one. Yeah. I'm sure there's multiple punchlines that you yeah. could have. I you object. have to go to school in order to... There's some... Ah, law school. They all swim in law schools. So many missed opportunities by yep. that interruption there. Uh, what did you think of the uh, the different person playing Nick's? I noticed that the Sternwood sounds a lot like Chase Perkins from the series that we are kind of interrupting. So you thought they might have been the same voice actor? Yes. Well, usually in 
I say like Dragnet, you can tell Harry Morgan, I think, is the guy who's like always the the bad guy. He does a lot of the bad guy voices. And then for some of the era, he does the partner, okay. I think. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Dragnet fans out there. I liked how Rock needed reassurance on which restaurant to take the young woman to. Right, the district attorney. The district attorney. And he wanted one finger for steak uh-huh. and two for seafood. Yeah, that sounds right. I thought that was interesting. Reminded me of like one if by land, two if by sea. Oh, uh, two if by sea. Two, two if sea, by seafood. Seawood. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I don't read anything into that. This is a very weird episode. A lot of courtroom. They didn't really have any courtrooms in the other ones. Yeah. Do you think on the jury, do you think there were ventriloquists with their dummies in the jury box? Probably. They kind of made a reference to it. In yeah. this town, there would be, right? And there's 12... Jurors. Well, Twelve jurors. So, would it be six jurors if they all had dummies, or would it be? Would you have twenty-four if they all had dummies? That depends on whether the dummies get to vote on the actual like verdict. That would make it. That depends on the law, I guess. In Large Neck. Well, right, because they had book. this. They had a law book. That part was unclear to me. It Very took me a unclear. while to yeah. to piece it together that they were referring to an old. Dusty old book. A dusty old book. So you know something's happening there, but then I guess that allowed them to use, what was the name of the dummy? Ipso facto? Ipso facto. That was pretty good. I think that's a legal term. Yeah, but then it took a bullet in the... I noticed, so by logic, Mm. Rock Handy does the voice for Ipso facto as he's dying. Yeah, how do you do that? Because he was struggling with that other guy during the time, right? I think they live in a world where... You are expected in that situation to improv the oh. the situation, whatever it might be. So if the yeah. dummy dies, you don't want to break character and say, mm-hmm. oh my God, he's been shot. You have to let him expire as his own. Yeah, have his death scene. Yeah. All right, so I noticed there was an interesting part where the judge was saying that the court case had to go forward, Ooh. right? And he said the mayor and then the law requires that. So there's a mm. sense that the mayor was making this court case like they were going to try and get it. Like he's corrupt. Closed and forgotten. Sweep it under the rug. Yeah, what do you think about that? Yeah, it seems like the mayor might be a, a questionable character. Yeah, he's he's come up a few times, Mayor mm. Jennifer. Mayor Jennifer. And so he's in the back pocket of the syndicate. I think a lot of times these episodes are meant to, uh, of, of detective shows and stuff, they're meant to be a reflection of, of world politics. Okay. And so you have the option of, you know, presenting the mayor as a potential autocrat. Okay. Right. Yeah. I mean that's what the implication is here. He's he's controlling the the judicial branch of the government. Like a uh, like a boss boss tweed. Boss tweed. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah, this uh it was a good episode. I'm glad I found it. I'm glad that we finally got to hear it. And I I feel like I, it could have waited. I feel like yeah. it could have waited like we could have found the left-handed quest. Right. See, my idea is that somebody's finding this and they say, okay, left-handed quiz part one, right, right, yeah. and part two, and then there's like, part three, and then they forget what happened you don't in part two. You do order, do you? 
Well, it would be nice if we could maybe have a second podcast where we re-release everything mm. in order, have everything sequential, kind of a sense of chronology of mm. like, you know, this was as best we know, this is the first existent episode. Well, that's a pa- Patreon. We'll have could... a boxed edition. Oh, okay. I think that's Criterion. Okay. We'll put it on there. Yeah. I'll look it up. Okay. And uh, I think I know, I have an idea where to look for those other episodes, by the way. Not to change the subject oh, too drastically. okay. But now I'm remembering with the fans, um, there is stuff behind them. So what I can do is uh, start taking those fans out mm-hmm. as long as nobody's parking in the garage. And I can lay them out and then check what's back there. I have a feeling that's where they are. All right. The other episodes. So we've been averaging, at one point we said an intention, I think it was mm-hmm. last year at this time, we were going to start putting out an episode, it was like every other week, I think. Oh, okay. Every other week. We yeah, said like, you know, bi-weekly. And because we went to the podcast festival and they're like, you have to put out content yeah, every a, week, you content, know. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, every week or whatever. And we're like, well, this is kind of a, this is a special program and yeah. that we're d- deriving it mostly from... You being able to go through, sort through the things that, yeah. that may or may not be in your... They're there. We just know that they have to be... Wheelhouse. Pulled from the the, the scrum, as it were. Hmm. And, um, you know, to personify okay. the items that are yeah. in, in your storage. I'm, I'm writing all this down so I can look it up. And to me... If we could do once a month, that would now, that seems like more... We could stick to it. Like a little more attainable, a little more reasonable. People know what to expect. And, but we're averaging more like once every four months now, right? Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. If you produced a product, any other product, like you can get milk, but you can only get it every one to four months. People would just say, we're going to drink almond milk. Just screw this. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. Consistency. I like, I like the idea of conceptualizing this as milk. Mm. So, but Nature, so let's let's let's, milk. let's go with this. This is nature's milk. What do you have to do? You have to in order to make it more. Can you turn that down? By the way, that orange light. The the, the rock. The yeah, it's very Himalayan. Bright. It's yeah. too bright for it's, you. Well, you've got all the other lights off, and you get this thing on, and it's starting to really. I can't read my notes. I had to just. Away. Well, let me leave it on and I'll turn on another light. Okay. A small one over here. All right. Is that better? That's different. So, where was I? Okay, we're talking about the milk, right? Okay, yeah, so milk. This metaphor is, of milk. If this podcast is milk, it can't be served fresh. It's from the 1940s, so it this has to be a type of cheese. If we can curdle the product again this is just these are just conceptualizing things well cheese lasts longer than yogurt what's the longest living form of milk so the the cow would be the, this podcast is the cheese the radio play is the milk and crime is the cow and the truth is the way yogurt the truth is the way Thanks, all right yogurt. Well, well, ladies and gentlemen, wrapping things up. Yeah. Wrap it up? Yeah. Okay. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, tune again. Tune, tune in again next... Fort month? So tune in in two weeks or so? To anywhere between two weeks and Mid, whenever this comes out. Mid-September. Mid-August. 
We know, here's the thing, is we are going to run out of content at some point. It's, right. it's a finite. If we talk about the fact that your, your areas that you have that have been unexplored. Yeah, this your, is like a, a fossil fuels. Your attic incognita, right. okay, is finite. Yeah. And even out in the greater world, wherever those episodes, remember Dresden Huffler found some episodes. Right. That would be like natural gas. Natural gas. This is a better analogy. Th- better than milk. Petroleum products. Ah, okay. So the crime would be non-renewable like rotting vegetation. Non-renewable resources. And then you give it a million years, and then our podcast... Do you ever feel like we're talking at cross-purposes? No, no, I think we're we're talking about the same thing. All right. But then the podcast would be uh, gasoline. Okay, you think that's better than milk? Well, it's two different things. Milk and gasoline. It's not better. Okay. But it's very different. But I don't want to interrupt. The... Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another episode of Puppet Hunt. Puppet Hunt Radio with Matt and Lane. With Matt and Lane. <laughs>